Hi, I'm Shay. And I'm Lily. We are so happy that you're here. Here at HBC, we believe that we can dream big because we serve a big God. And it doesn't matter what your past may look like, you still have a bright future. So open up your heart and receive. I want you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah, the 55th chapter and the 7th verse. Isaiah 55, 7. While everybody's looking for that, I just want to say to everybody that's here today and also the visitors especially, thank you for being here today. If you're looking for a church, you're in luck because we're looking for people. You got to be nice though. You got to be nice people. <laughs> that's all right. If you're grouchy, we'll just love the grouchy out of you, all right? Amen. Isaiah 55, 7 says, Let the wicked leave behind his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord. And he will have compassion or mercy on him. And to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. There's a lot of stuff that happens to us in this world. Amen. We deal with a lot of stuff. Amen. We deal with a lot of things that we don't want that we don't desire, that does not serve us well. Amen? You can't win a victory as long as the problem in your life is the biggest thing. I'm going to say that again. You cannot win a victory as long as the problem is the biggest thing in your life. Matthew 6 verses 24 and 25 says, No man can serve two masters. For either you'll hate the one and love the other, or else you'll hold on to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is a spirit of finances, a spirit of money. That's why I love to talk about giving and God blessing because religious spirits hate for us to talk about money in the church because he wants to keep you in poverty, he wants to keep you bound down, and he wants to keep you slave to the lender. Or, yeah, slave to the lender. But the word says that you have the power to get wealth. <laughs> you have the power to overcome the spirit of mammon. So therefore I say to you, verse 25, take no thought for your life. What do you think about it when Andy stands up here and says, you ain't supposed to worry about anything. You're not supposed to worry about nothing. In other words, you're supposed to take no thought for your life. Now, wait a minute. We're supposed to be responsible, aren't we, Pastor? We're supposed to be uh, a, a good dad or a good mom or a good provider or a good worker. We're supposed to be a good employee. Yes, you are. But, the, but, but what I want to tell you today is if you're always thinking about and talking about the problem, have you ever met anybody that all they want to do is talk about what hurts or talk about how sleepy they are or... <laughs> I'm about to get Julian out of being tired all the time. When I first met him, every time I said, Hey, Julian, how you doing? I'm tired. Oh, my gosh. You're like 20 or whatever you are. You're young, 23, 24. How old are you? 24. He's an old man. <laughs> so now I can see him kind of grimace when I say, How you doing, Julian? Because he knows if he says what he's feeling, he's going to get busted. But I love him anyway. We get in a habit of saying things just because everybody else says it. 
Because, you know, have you ever walked into a place and everybody be down and you feel a little bit guilty because you're not down? <laughs> have you ever? I have. I've literally felt just a tad guilty that I didn't feel like crap. But the Bible says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought of your life. Today I'm telling you, if you've been facing an enemy, your enemy is the devil, by the way. If you're facing him and you go, oh my gosh, how am I going to get over this? Put your mind on the victory giver instead of the problem giver and you will be drawn in the direction that your thoughts are. Hang with me, I'm going to teach you something. What shall you eat? He says, therefore take no thought of your life what you should eat or what you should drink nor yet for your body for ye shall put on what ye shall put on excuse me I don't usually read King James Version so it is not the life more than meat and body than raiment see I, I just it just caught me there when I said that. Somebody just, just was offended when I said I don't usually read the King James Version. You don't read King James Version? No, because I don't talk in King James Version. How would you feel if I walk up to you and go, How it goeth this uh, day? <laughs> After Jesus said, No man can serve two masters, then he said, Take no thought. See, we serve thoughts. That's why Isaiah 55 says for us to forsake our thoughts. Whatever you put in is going to stay in. It's going to take root. And it's going to produce thoughts. I'm not, I'm not condemning anybody for doing or saying anything. It's not my job to condemn you. But I will tell you, whatever you put in will produce things. Because inevitably, the, uh, somebody will say, well, the Bible says it's not what you put in, but it's what comes out. You're exactly right. But what you put in determines what comes out. Come on, somebody. So that's why Corinthians 10.5 says, Isaiah 55 says, forsake your thoughts. And by the word, take God's thoughts. And then in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, cast down thoughts. What kind of thoughts? Any thought that challenges the Word of God in your life. So I'm going to tell you, you shouldn't think about being sick. You shouldn't think about being broke. Because the Word says, I would that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. You should not think about having anxiety. Now, pastor, those are real things. I didn't say they wasn't real. But you should not focus on that. I'm not against if you need to go to a counselor, if you desire to go to a, a God. Let me say this. Don't go to just any counselor. Just because they got a Ph.D. don't mean that they've been reading the KJV. See how I brought it back and made it positive? You've got to understand, though, it doesn't matter if, if you go to a counselor, if you come talk to a pastor, if you do whatever you need to do, you've got to control your thoughts with the power of the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. Amen? So, do you want deliverance from your problems today? That's the question I want to ask. Do you want deliverance from the things that's eaten at you today? Then here's the way. 
you got to quit serving those and start serving the victory giver. You've got to serve thoughts of prospering and not thoughts of falling back. Oh, how in the world are we going to make it in this economy? I don't know how you're going to make it, but I'm going to make it fine because my my finances is not determined by the economy of this world. You say it's not affected? I didn't say it wasn't affected. I said it wasn't determined. When I feel the effects, I have to immediately go to the scripture that says I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. When I feel the effects, then I have to go to the source and not serve the problem by going, oh my gosh, I can't believe we got this guy in the White House. Oh my goodness, I don't want that guy to get in the White House or girl, whoever it may be. I don't want that to happen because it's going to affect, oh my goodness, the economy this, oh my goodness, the, the pandemic that. When you use your thoughts to serve the problem, the problem will grow. But when you look at the problem and go, I'm not denying you're there, but I'm telling you, I'm taking authority over you. Matter of fact, I'm going to plead the blood over you because at the cross, he said, it is finished. Everything you need is already taken care of. So, quit allowing the problem to consume your thought life. There's people that are alcoholics today because the problem consumes them and they want to numb the problem. I got news for you. You're compounding the problem. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find somebody to love me and I'll forget about the problem. No, you're going to give them the problem. Jesus is the only solution to the problem. So quit allowing the problem to consume your thought life because when you allow the problem, whatever that is, to consume your life and your thoughts, then you're going to search for some way to fix it in your own strength. And you can't do it. Don't wait until your circumstances change to give God all your thoughts. Because your circumstances will only get worse until you take authority over them. Realize that circumstances won't ever change until you switch from wrong thinking to right thinking. Now I know it's not easy to do that, especially in the midst of darkness and and trial but you can do it if you do these three things I got three things I'm going to give you if you're taking notes you can write them down if not you can go back and watch it later but number one remember you're not alone we've got so much loneliness in this world today Satan loves to feel make us feel alone in a room full of people now, I, I may make somebody uncomfortable with this, but that's all right. That's all right. You'll love me anyway. But we have allowed a generation to become consumed with loneliness, sitting in a room full of people by doing this. Oh, I hear who isn't giving me amens. That's all right. I love you anyway. Anything that consumes that much of your time is not healthy. 
When's the last time you turned that frazzling thing off and had a conversation? Or when's the last time you jerked it out of your teenager's hand and said, you're going to talk to me, little boy or little girl? Oh, they ain't going to like it. They're going to get so mad they can't see straight. But that's all right. You own the house they live in. talking about pastor oh I'm I'm trying to be a little facetious and funny just so you'll pay attention to me but I'm going to tell you the truth you've got to remember you're not alone so stop facilitating loneliness we facilitate loneliness by excluding other people that we need out of our life so how do I how do I remember I'm not alone you've got to get in the word You've got to have God's thoughts. Because God's thoughts helps me tolerate the people I need. (laughs) You have people in your life that you need to be open to. But even if you're all alone, because somebody inevitably will say, well, I'm alone or I don't have anybody, I don't have any family, because unfortunately there's people, and I don't know what this is like, and I'm, I'm thankful I don't, but my heart goes out and I empathize those that do. There's people that don't have a lot of family. There's people that don't have brothers and sisters, and, and they're at their point in their life that all their loved ones have passed away or whatever. Maybe... Maybe you're listening to me and you're an elderly person and you feel all alone. You have the Holy Spirit to strengthen you and you have the mind of Christ. So you have to remember you're not alone. Amen? Number two, get around people full of faith. Who are you allowing to speak into your life? Now, I know you cannot help who you work with. You cannot help who you are kin to. (laughs) But you can help some of the people that are around you in your life. Find people, and that's why that you need to find a church that you can walk into and be lifted up. Instead of rehearsing your problems, let people talk to you and Begin to talk to yourself and encourage yourself. So many of us have bad self-image. You know what part of the problem that is? Part of the problem with low self-esteem today is that we're trying to be something that we weren't created to be. You are the perfect height. You are the perfect size. You have the perfect IQ for what God gave you to accomplish in your life. You are, you, you, I was going to say you have the right hair color. You have the right to change it too if you want to. But, (laughs) have to be careful about those things. My point is, God didn't create you. You weren't born and Him go, oh my God. He didn't do that. So get around people full of faith that are speaking positivity into your life. Somebody say, well, it's not about being positive. Oh, really? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, not the things dreaded. What are you hoping for? I hope it's different than what you dread. 
Because the word says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, join in with people around you, their faith, allow their faith to strengthen your faith, then you, your faith strengthen their faith. And the Bible says a cord that has three strands is stronger than just a single strand. Two or three gathered in my name and there I'm in the midst. Where two or three agree touching anything, there it will be done. Find you a friend that encourages you. It's all right. We all got those friends that we feel like we've got 10 pounds of something tapped to our back when we leave them. We've all got those friends. That's okay. Don't forsake people that need you. But you've got to have a time that you are around people that lift you up. You ought to walk in the room with certain people. You ought to have people that you walk in the room and they just go, man, you look good today, whether you do or not. Well, they, are they supposed to lie to me? They're supposed to encourage you. Amen? The third thing, praise God. Praise Him. You say, well, I don't praise like you. I didn't say praise like me or praise like anybody else, but you got to praise Him. Because the Bible says if you don't praise Him, the rocks and the mountains will cry out. I promise you one thing, as long as Jack Midkiff is on this earth, I will praise the Lord and the rocks around me will not, they will not have to praise for me. Do whatever it takes to make yourself praise. I'm going to say that again. Do whatever it takes to make yourself praise. When you begin to praise, God's presence will turn back those worried thoughts and make them fall in your life. Because Satan hates true, authentic praise given to a living God. He hates it. So you ought to, you ought to just teach yourself to get up every morning giving God praise. You know the best way to do that is to be thankful. Find something you're thankful for. Find something that you're excited that you have in your life. Your problems are not the biggest thing in your life. Your problems are not the biggest things in your life. Or the biggest thing in your life. You know what it is? Jesus. Jesus is the biggest thing in your life. He's bigger than any problem. He's bigger than any cancer. He's bigger than any financial problem. He's bigger than any gossip. He's bigger than anything that somebody might. He's bigger than any uh, deficiency that you have. Stop serving the problem. And start serving Jesus. Stop focusing on the problem. And start focusing on Jesus. Listen. Sometimes. Things get heavy. But when you serve him with your thoughts. He will set you free. And he who the son has set free. Is free. I'm here to declare to you today. I'm going to ask our, our prayer team to come on and get ready right now.
I'm here to declare to you today that if you have something going on in your life, Jesus has freedom from that thing. If you have a problem that is overwhelming you today, Jesus is the answer for you. Stop serving the problem and start serving the king. Stop serving the thought process and start serving Jesus. Thank you so much for watching this sermon. We hope it encouraged you. Check out more of Apostle Jack's sermons to stay encouraged throughout the week. We also do live streams on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday night chapels at 6.30. We would love for you all to stay connected. So go like and follow all of our socials. Life is so beautiful with Jesus and community. So, so join, join the, the family. family.